You are listening to Victory Alabang Podcast, featuring the session entitled Connection and Correction for Parents of Children 0 to 6 Years Old. We will cover two topics. This is the session on connection and correction. Okay, as I said earlier, you know, as we start this particular, I'm, I'm sure that all of you are here, you have uh, children age zero to six. Now, how many of you are still pregnant and you have not uh, given birth yet, okay? But you're getting ready for your children to come out soon. Can you, can you raise your hands? How many of you are expecting? All right, can we just give them a hand? Just and thank you so much for being here. I know na mabigat na yan, pero pinariringan nyo na siya, okay? All right. We want to start with connection, connecting to our children. As I said earlier uh, in the session, a good marriage is a prerequisite to good parenting. I think that is uh, important for us to establish that the relationship between you, your spouse, okay, husband and wife, if you put an investment there, I believe that that's almost like winning half uh, you know, halfway already in the area of parenting because your children get to see you, um, you know, loving each other and will grow up being secure in their relationship with you as parents because uh, they know that, you know, this bond is really important as you impart to them, no? And uh, one of the temptations that we can have as parents is when our children start coming is we want to devote more time with our children and less and less time with our spouse. The more children that you have, the lesser the time that you will spend with your spouse. And that can be a temptation that can actually be a reality. But let me encourage you, always find the time and put that like a big rock in your week to always spend time with your, with your, with your wife or with your husband. Okay? Always have a date night. Everybody say date night. If you're sitting beside your spouse, date mo naman ako. Okay? <laughs> okay? Uh, you know, a date night can be a simple night. It doesn't have to be expensive or extravagant. The reason why we want to have a date night is so that we can actually be connected to each other. What we're saying is, you are more important to me than anything else in the world. Of course, after God. So the priority is our God is our priority is number one. Then the after that is the number two priority in our life ought to be our spouse, our husband, our wife, and then our children. Okay, children should go after your spouse. They cannot be the one who's first before your spouse. Hindi pa rin mo sa mo. naman ako. malaki ka na. Anak ko na muna. No, you have to put in time and investment in that relationship because your children will read that. A father must demonstrate an ongoing love for his wife. Express it. Okay? Uh, show it to show it before your children. You know, model it before them that you are in love with your wife. That you are, you know, don't do PDA naman, okay? Public display of affection, okay? I mean, get a room. But what I'm saying is, you know, just... You know, just you know, hugging and uh, just cons- constantly honoring your wife or your spouse before your children. I believe that speaks a lot uh, to them. The primary motivation of disciplining our children is because we love them ultimately. The primary motivation uh, of disciplining our children is because 
Okay, it's because we love them. It's not because we want them to behave well. It's not because we don't want them to dirty the room. It's not because we don't want them to wreck the house. The reason why we discipline them is because this mandate that God, you know, being, you know, uh, you know, calling me as a parent, choosing me to be the parent of this child is because I love this child. In the same way God loves me, I'm going to express my love for her or for him. That's why I am careful to discipline this child. Children must know how to give love and receive love. Okay? Children must know how, sorry, how to receive love and give love. Not only on Christmas Day, but every day. Uh, it's important. Children perceive love differently from their parents. We have to speak to them a love language that they can understand. We, uh, you know, we can feel uh, each child has an emotional love tank. And maybe so. How many, how many of you have heard of the teaching five love languages? How many of you have five, five love languages? Okay. There's a book that's written, Five Love Languages of Children, and also another book written, uh, Five Love Languages of, of uh, a Spouse. And, uh, you know, one time when we were uh, asking Bea, you know, her growing up, because it was just Bea and Jerome when they were younger, of course, Kevin and Shirley, where we love them both. We love Bea. You know, the first time I saw Bea when she was a, a baby, I was just so thankful to the Lord. The first time I held her little little body, you know, in the delivery room, you know, I was carrying this baby girl. You know, we didn't have, we, we decided not to do an ultrasound then so that God will surprise us. So we didn't know the gender of our child. We just said, okay, let the first child be a surprise, okay? And, you know, uh, after she was born, you know, I was holding, I'm, st I'm saying, thank you, Lord, for giving me a baby girl. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a big responsibility, you know, seeing that child and uh, holding that child and at the same time leading that child in the ways of God. And that was just a sh short span of time for 22 years from the time she was born as a child. And now uh, she's an adult uh, at 22 you know, each one of us has an emotional love time. But as she was growing up, you know, we're, you know, as, as I was uh, saying earlier, we've never been biased in the way we've shown our love for each of our children. You know, the same amount of love we've shown for both of them. It was easier for us because we have one boy, one girl. Okay, and if they will ask us, who's your favorite child? We would just tell them, you know, Bea, you're my favorite daughter. Jerome, you're my favorite son. Easy. It's easy. You know, there's no comparison. They both play different toys. They have different games that they play. They have different sets of friends. We love them both. But yet at one point, we were asking, and I know that Jerome is just so secure about, you know, uh, our love for him. Jerome is the outgoing type. He's like the, you know, he's a funny uh, boy. You know, he's very athletic. He played tennis. He played baseball. He was an achiever in the area of sports. Bea, growing up, was the quiet one. You actually can, you actually can leave Bea in a room and uh, she will read just by herself. You know, she's, she's the intellectual type. You know, she, she graduated you know, uh, with honors in elementary. She graduated valedictorian in high school and with honors in college. That's the psyche of Bea. But she's not as expressive as Jerome. When you talk about, uh, you know, amount of words spoken, Jerome probably speaks a lot more than Bea. So Bea's a bit unique, you know, for a girl. She's not really the talkative type. But Jerome, my boy, she's a, he's a bit delayed when he spoke, okay? We were a bit concerned at first because 
three years old, he's not really speaking yet, straight. He started speaking uh, really well at the age of four. And the way he would say is, uh, you know, I want to do home, you know. Instead of go home, I want to do home, you know. But yet, when he started learning how to speak, hindi mo napigilan. From four onwards, he probably spoke more than any, you know, boy that I know. Okay, so, you know, he's a bit delayed first, but yet he's, he's a talker. Okay, but Bea is different. And so one time I asked Bea, uh, uh, we, we asked Bea, Bea, do you feel the same love we give Jerome? And, he, and she said, you know what, sometimes I feel that you don't love me as much as you love Jerome. And we were a bit surprised and hurt with that particular statement because the reality and the fact is we love them both. They're, they're both unique. They're different. How many of you know that each child is unique and each child has a, a, a different personality? Okay? For those of you who have at least two children, you notice that iba talaga, magkakaiba. But yet, at the same time, we show them the same love. And so, I realized that probably we're not speaking the love language that Bea can relate to. So, this is uh, really important. When we found about this particular teaching, this made sense. Because we know that they're different and they express a different kind of love language and they perceive a different kind of love language. We cannot automatically think that if I express this particular love language to Jerome and that I can actually express the same love language to Bea because there might be a difference in the way they express and receive uh, the love language. So talking about love, what kind of love should we give our children? We need to give them an unconditional love. Unconditional love is a full love that, is, uh, that accepts and affirms a child for who he is and not for what he does. No matter what he does or does not do, the parents still love him. Okay? That's a kind of unconditional love we need to sh- uh, tell our children. Uh, conditional love, on the other hand, is based on performance. And we're not really going to just talk about that or we're not going to just give love if our children would obey us but it's an unconditional love sometimes your children will make mistakes you know that's part of parenting and you know our love for them is not dependent on their performance we need to be careful about the way we express our love uh, every day many children don't feel love even if their parents really do love them this is because a few parents know how to transfer heartfelt love to the hearts of their children. There are five love languages and your child probably has a primary love language that best communicates to him or her. Okay, so we need to study and understand uh, the first block there is unconditional love. And the second is based on performance. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Just follow me. Alright. So let's move on. What are the five love languages? Number one is physical touch. Everybody say physical touch. Second is words of affirmation. Everybody say words of affirmation. <laughs> Number three is uh, quality time. Okay. Number four is gifts. Everybody say gifts. Yes. And all the wives say amen. Okay. Uh, number five, acts of service. Okay. This is another way to express uh, of language. So I want to go very quickly. This is the way to connect to our children. Before I teach you the area of disciplining and correcting, the first priority for us as parents is to make sure that the love tank of each child is full. And the only way we can full, uh, fill up that love tank is uh, the way we are able to express and speak the love language that they can understand. 
Okay, so these are the five general love languages that our kids normally speak uh, or speak about, okay? Or talk. Okay, if, number one is physical touch. Hugs and kisses are the most common way of speaking this language. How many of you are this type? You are a hugger. You're a touchy parent. You, you love hugging your children. Okay? There are parents like this. This is the cheapest way to express your love. Your investment is just touch. Just love them, put them on your lap, you know, play with them. Yeah, cheap. Right? You don't have to spend much. Physical touch is the easiest love language to use. There's no special location that's needed in order for you to express this love language. Okay, there's, there's no excuse to make physical contact. If you see them every day, just go and connect with them. Some parents are not demonstrative, and some are. But it's not an excuse. As parents, we need to learn how to speak this love language. You may not be a showy kind of a parent. You may not be an expressive type that touches your children. But we need to learn how to express our love by doing this. Okay? This is especially important between fathers and daughters. If you have a daughter... I believe that as fathers, we need to invest in really expressing our love language by physically embracing them, filling up. You know, if, if they are full in the home, they will not look for a hug or an embrace outside the home from another boy. Yeah. That's why we need to invest there. As fathers, as dads, you are the first hero of your child. You are there, if I may use the words, you're the first boyfriend. I don't want to use boyfriend, but somehow you're the best friend. And they need to grow up looking at you and say, this is the, the man that I am secure uh, uh, with. You know, being with you. They love hanging out with you. And I love my daughters, you know, just wanting to just hang out with me. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm studying and they would call me up in their room and, you know, I would go there and I would ask why. And they would just say, dad, just stay here. You know, just be here. I'm, I say, I'm studying. You know, just be here for a while. And I would, you know, give it to them. And I'll stay with them. And I'll, I'll just stay on their bed and hug them. And just, just uh, play with them. So, this is very important. Specifically, if you have daughters. Fathers, go and, you know, lovingly express your, uh, your, this particular love language to them. Physical touch is one of the strongest voices that shouts, I love you, to your children. Even during the time of Jesus, when uh, the Jews would bring uh, little children, you know, in Mark chapter 10, the Jews were bringing little children to Jesus, and the disciples, what they did was, they were actually uh, shooing them away. And in verse 13 of Mark chapter 10, you can just take note of this particular verse, Mark 10, 13 to 16, it says, People were bringing little children to Jesus to have Him touch them. It was a practice of the Jews to have little children be touched by rabbis. And it is a value that they also have in their homes. Laying hands on them is actually a, you know, a way of expressing love to little children. In verse 14, it says, The disciples rebuked those people who were bringing the children to Jesus. And when Jesus saw this, He was indignant. He was angry. And He said to them, Let the little children... Come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and he blessed them. So that's the way of expressing love. You know, I remember when Bea and Jerome were still young, 
you know, every time I would wake them in the morning, we would sing songs, you know, sometimes cheesy songs. But we would actually, you know, lay hands on them and I would say, good morning, good morning, how are you today? The Lord bless you and love uh, and keep you throughout the day. We love you, we love you. Bea and Jerome, the Lord bless you and keep you throughout the day. And sometimes they will still pretend to be sleeping because they want to hear another verse of that song. I'm still sleeping. And then we would sing another verse. And actually, we would, as we sing the verse, we would lay hands on them. And it's just a, just a nice thing. And, you know, just seeing and enjoying that uh, way of expressing love to them. Hugs and kisses, wrestling on the floor, riding piggyback. Other playful touches are vital to, ch- the, to the child's emotional development. Giving a massage is also nice. You know, from time to time, I would, you know, use my fingers to give a back rub on my, my children. And from time to time, he would ask Anna and Jerome to also give us a massage. They're kind of like experts already because sometimes they would see, you know, uh, like if we would do some home spa service and there's this uh, like uh, foot spa, they would observe how this therapist would actually massage the foot of Shirley. They would copy that. Okay, and, and sometimes in the evening, at night, you know, they would actually go to Shirley's bed and, you know, they would express their love by actually, you know, doing a foot massage. Uh, on Shirley and I said what about daddy we, we, like, we like mommy okay okay uh, children uh, sorry parents learn how to play with your children don't be too formal when it comes to children be playful uh, with them okay don't be like an ogre at home okay don't be too dignified you know loosen up a bit you know that's the reason why children like to watch Barney, the purple dinosaur, is because Barney is so loose. I love you, you love me, we're a healthy family. So the reason why they love watching that is because that guy is very playful. But that's just a big belief dinosaur. Let them realize that there's a live Barney at home who wanted to play with them and wrestle with them, you know. That's why it's important for us to just loosen up, you know, you know, play with them and, and just touch them. Jerome's primary language is physical touch. We identified that earlier on. He's the touchy guy, you know, one time when he had an accident. Actually, Jerome would express his love language by actually putting his hand under the armpit of my wife. I mean, it's a, it's a habit. And the way to put Jerome to sleep when he was a young boy is to actually make epit he would actually put his hand under the armpit of of shirley and then he would fast be fast asleep one time he had an accident because he jumped into a pool instead of going forward he actually flipped and when he flipped he actually hit his chin on the edge of the pool and we had to bring her to i bring him to the emergency room you know, he was really crying because there's blood everywhere. So we were on the way to, I think, Medical City at that time so that he can be stitched. But, you know, when he was in the car, the only way that we can actually put him to stop, uh, make him stop crying is when he put his hand under the armpit of Shirley. <laughs> and he felt the love <laughs> flowing from the armpit <laughs> into his arms, into his chin. And, you know, it quieted him for a while until he went to the, you know, of course, the doctors had to stitch him up. But we, we realized first on, firsthand that he is a child with this particular love language. Hugging is very healthy. Allow me to read this. 
Hugging is very healthy. It helps the body's immune system. It keeps you healthier. It cures depression and reduces stress. It induces sleep. It is invigorating. It is rejuvenating. It has no unpleasant side effects. Hugging is nothing less than a miracle drug. Hugging is all natural. It is organic and naturally sweet. It contains no pesticides, preservatives, or artificial ingredients. It is 100% wholesome. Hugging is practically perfect. There are no movable parts, no batteries to wear out, no periodic checkups, no monthly payments, no insurance requirements. It offers no energy consumption and returns a high energy yield while being inflation-proof, theft-proof, non-taxable, non-polluting, and fully returnable. Hugging. Yeah. Okay. So learn how to hug. Hug your wife. Hug your husband. And learn to hug your children. First, love language. Second love language is words of affirmation. Everybody say again. Words of affirmation. Okay. In communicating love, words are powerful. Okay. Words are powerful. Words of praise and encouragement. Words that give positive guidance. All say, I care about you. You can, you know, right now, we don't just say it, we text it, diba? We show it, you know, there's a, there's a lot of ways on how we can be creative in showing and expressing words of affirmation. We write notes, we write, you know, we, sometimes you can just leave a note on the refrigerator for your children to see, you know, how much you love them. It's an expression of love. Words are powerful, okay? You know, saying, I love you, you know, for the first time when you got married, it's not enough. You got to say it every day. Like a story of a couple married for 25 years and the wife was saying, you don't love me anymore. And the husband said, I love you. But the wife said, I, I don't hear it. I don't hear your words. And the husband said, I said that to you 25 years ago when we got married. And I'll tell you when I changed my mind. You know, that's not how we to do it, right? But we need to express these words every day because words ran out. Encouragement. We have to have a constant way of encouraging one another by speaking those words of affirmation. Normally, the words spoken in, uh, in a relationship is out of anger, out of you know, uh, frustration. Parents or parents blurt out negative and, and cutting words that can damage a child's self-esteem. Children easily believe what we say. If we say they're beautiful, obedient, intelligent, guess what? They'll believe it. If you tell your child, you are the most... You know, the, you're the smartest kid here. He'll believe it. But if all they hear about, uh, if they hear, all they hear from you is, you know, you talaga bobo ka, you know, lakang kwentang. Guess what? They'll believe that as well. That's why we see some children growing up bobo ko, bobo ko. Why? Because the parents spoke those words to them. You know, words are like cords wrapped around the heart of a child. If you speak a word, it stays there. It sticks very long. You know, there's a saying when, when I was younger, that I, I hear sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I don't know if you heard that. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. The reality is, words do hurt. If you speak the wrong words, it will hurt. And guess what? It does not only hurt, it will stay there. It's like a knife cutting down the heart of a child. And that's why we need to go the opposite spirit. We need to speak, instead of speaking negative words, we need to speak positive words, words of affirmation. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's from Proverbs verse, uh, chapter 18, 
verse 21. Just uh, put the scripture there. Another scripture is from Proverbs 12, verse 18. It says, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. The tongue of the wise. Think first before you speak. Think positive things before you speak to those, to those children. You know, I basically grew up in a home where I don't hear the words, I love you. I don't hear the words, I'm sorry. I, I'm not familiar with those words. But yet now, because I guess my mom and my dad are not as expressive as I want them to be. You know, but now that my parents are both saved, I have a great relationship with my dad. In fact, my dad now is just so sweet to me. And, you know, it's like an odd thing. You know, I am an adult guy. And I received text messages from another adult man saying, I love you. And I also text him, I love you back. And so it's, it's just neat, you know, having a father like that. And it's never too late to start speaking those words. And I appreciate my dad, you know, the expression of his love for me. Even, you know, at the age of 72. And I'm 46. You never outgrow the power of speaking those words. Okay, no matter how old you are. Okay, and um, okay, affection and love mean expressing appreciation for the very being of a child, for the characteristics and gifts that are part of the total package of that person. Okay, let's move on. Number three is quality time. Everybody say quality time. Okay, quality time. Uh, quality time involves giving your child undivided attention. For a child with his primary love language, nothing will suffice but giving him extended periods of attention. Si Jerome, ito rin to. Jerome is physical touch and Jerome is also uh, expressing his love language through quality time. Uh, same is uh, true with my youngest daughter, Andrea. Quality time. She requires us to always be with her. It's a requirement for her. But for Anna, my second daughter, her primary love language is words of affirmation. She speaks the most in our household. Okay, she speaks more than 25,000 words a day, believe me. She would speak the, way, the moment she wakes up in the morning until she's about to sleep at night, she's still talking. She talks herself to sleep. That's the way Anna is. That's the way Anna's wired. And so the way to communicate Anna is different from Andrea. We communicate Anna in terms of words. And I express my love language to Anna by, by speaking positive words of affirmation. Anna, you're the greatest. You're very creative. I love you. But for Andrea, more than words is the quality time that has to be spent with her. For Anna, she would just stay with us for a while and then she would run off, go to the other room, play loom bands. And she's fine. But Andrea will stay with you. She'll be there for a while. She's going to bring her loom bands there beside you. To stay with you. you know, it's, it's securing for her that she can actually touch you and at the same time see you and spend time with you. Very different. Very different. But yet, we're, we're learning how to express a different love language to our different children. Um, this time may be spent reading books, playing ball, you know, playing with them, riding bikes, you know, just driving through McDonald's, buying, you know, chicken nuggets or you know happy meal you know they're, they're really excited when we do this okay because it's time spent with mom and dad quality time is focused attention it, it's sometimes uh, sometimes the giving of quality time becomes difficult because 
you know, I know that we're all busy. Uh, you know, maybe the parents have jobs, maybe both people are working, both parents are working, but you know, we need to make sure that when we get home, that quality, uh, quality time is also spent. But let me tell you this, it's not just enough for us to spend quality time. I believe quality time is also equal to quantity of time. We cannot justify and say, okay, I'm spending five minutes, but it's quality time. Guess what? You know, if you go, uh, if you, what, what if you go into a, uh, a steakhouse and uh, the, the advertisement of that steakhouse is the best steak in town or quality steaks. And so you order a nice, you know, uh, tenderloin steak. And, you know, the, the, the chef or the waiter, you know, brings out this, uh, this steak and it's covered with a nice, you know, uh, that tin, you know, in order for you to be surprised, you know. And when he, op when he opens the lid, you know, you see that the steak is actually one inch in diameter. Would you appreciate a quality steak? You know, I believe that in, instead of just having a quality, I want more quantity of this steak, right? In the same way, children... They would require us not just to give them a token five minute or ten minute quality time. I believe they want more time from us. We spell time as T-I-M-E or love as L-O-V-E, but the children spell love as T-I-M-E. If they would uh, see us and experience more time with us, and that's, you know, that's really filling up uh, the love language that they have. Okay? Next is uh, gifts. Giving and receiving gifts is a universal expression of love. A gift basically says that mom and dad are thinking about you. Sometimes I would just come home and bring home a box of donuts. It's a gift. Gift doesn't have to be expensive. Gift is something that you, uh, you know, went out for to get in order for you to give to another person. Gift comes from the uh, Greek word charis, which means, you know, uh, uh, something that you offer. Okay, a gift opens its way to the giver. Uh, and I found out early on that Bea, this is her love language, gifts. And, uh, you know, how did I find out about that? It's the way she expressed her love to us. Sometimes I would come home and she would tell me, Dad, I have a surprise for you. I said, what is it? You know, open your drawer. And I opened my drawer. And I would find a box that's covered with, you know, it's wrapped with bond paper and and she would say dad that's my gift for you and she was a young girl then okay that's my gift from for you and i would open it you know and it's layers of paper <laughs> that she took time to cover because she wanted to express her love for me so i open one layer another paper and i open another another you know paper until i open finally the box and I see a box of my, one of my old watches that she found under the, in my drawer in the cabinet. She just took that because she doesn't have money. She just took that from my drawer, wrapped it, gave it to me so that it's an expression of her love for me. So it's, you know, now I know that that's, oh, that's the love language that you're actually expressing. So medyo mas mahal to, di ba? Mas mahal tong to, di ba? So... So I take the time to not really just buy her expensive stuff, but really, you know, uh, just tell her that I'm thinking about you during this day. Every time I would come home, bring her donuts, it's big for her because I, I remembered her, okay? So gifts. Gifts is uh, uh, really important. I guess 
wives with this kind of a love language uh, is very lovable. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 18.16 says, A gift opens the way for the giver and ushers him into the presence of the great. Okay. Charis meaning grace. Alright. And last is acts of service. Acts of service. The day we become parents, we find out that this is a full-time job, isn't it? That you know, your, your parenting starts the moment your child comes out and it goes on until now with Bea being an adult, I still drive her to the office from time to time uh, if she doesn't have her, her car. Um, and we found out early on also that this is Bea's love language. So it, for Jerome, it was uh, touch and it was time. For Bea, it was gifts. And it was acts of service. So this is about serving, serving between uh, husband and wife. Okay, uh, acts of service is basically doing things for your child that your child appreciates, like preparing me meals, washing clothes, or, or you know uh, whatever, doing things with them, um, um, fixing her bike. You know when when she was um, younger, she'd appreciate if I will be the one to fix her bike and not the bike shop. Instead of me bringing her bike to the bike shop, she would feel more love if daddy is the one who fixed her bike. Because it's, you know, it's my way of, if it's, it's her way of understanding that daddy loves me because he took the time to fix my bike and this bike really is a, 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 you know, a way of serving me. When she was, I think, in high school, instead of us putting her in a school bus, I would drive her every day. Yeah, that's also a way of uh, uh, expressing love. He would, she would appreciate that. There was a time when uh, her school was actually in passing, and we live in Paranaque, and I would drive for her. I think she was in high school, element grade six, grade six at that time. It was you know a sacrifice, but somehow I I kind of enjoy because I I got to also spend time with her. Okay, so she, uh, she expresses her love through that. The ultimate purpose of service to children is to help them emerge as mat mature adults who are able to give love to others through acts of service. Just take note of this scripture, Luke 14, 12 to 14. It talks about uh, when you give a lunch or dinner, do not invite your friends. Uh, because if they do, they will invite you back so you can be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Okay, talks about us serving other people no matter uh, what uh, status in society they are. One of the greatest training that we can actually give our children is also that of hospitality, and this is also expressed through this language of acts of service. So, very quickly, how do we discover our children's love language? Number one is observe how they express love to you. Observe. Look at it. You know, how do they... Are they more touchy-feeling? Uh, touchy-feely? Are, are they more talkative? Are they demanding time uh, from you? Observe what your children are request of you the most. You know, you, you never go out with me anymore, or you never bring home donuts anymore, or you never take me to the mall, or you're always out. You know, what are they requesting uh, from you the most? Listen to what your children complain about the most. Also, okay, that's also another. Uh, way to observe how we can find out about the love language 
of our children. Okay? So the last is listen to what your children complain most often. Listen to what your children complain about most often. All right. Okay, we just take two minutes. If you're seated beside your spouse, okay, just, you know, try to find out and evaluate what's the love language of your child. Can you do that for about two minutes? Okay, if you're seated beside them, identify the children and then try to find out what's the top two love language that they normally express. All right. Are you done? For you, it may take a while before you identify the love language of your children. If you don't have uh, them yet, just try to identify the love language of your spouse. That's interesting to find out. All right. Uh, you may continue doing that later on because we're running out of time. Okay, listen up. You know, you know, as I, I finish this session, you know, uh, when I eventually ask Bea, we, we ask Bea again. After discovering this, and start expressing her love language, and we ask her again, now, do you feel like we love Jerome more than you? And she finally said, no, I feel that you're, you're both, you know, you both love us the same way, you love Jerome the same way that you love me as well, because we started speaking the language that Bea uh, understands, okay? Let's move on to correction. Now, this session is about connection and correction. These are like uh, the two sides of the coin. Okay? This cannot be separated. I believe that the most important, one of the most important stages really in a child's uh, life is the zero to six. Because this is putting foundation uh, in their life. Growing up, they would remember all this. So, it's important for us to learn how to uh, connect with them and uh, build a relationship with them while they're young. But at the same time, it's not enough for us to just enjoy the time with them. We also need to put boundaries, rules, and correction in their life. In their life okay? So why do we need to discipline our children? Number one, because God's Word says so. The Word of God tells us to do that. In Proverbs chapter 13, just take note of this verse. Proverbs 13, 24. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to what? To discipline him. Okay, that's the, the Bible that's saying that. Okay, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Just a couple of days ago, I heard some news from, uh, I think it's from ABS-CBN, about uh, some parents miss you know, using uh, violence and anger and basically hurting or harming their children. And that's why the reason why this is not a popular method in the world, even among psychologists, is because uh, this can be used for abuse. But let me just tell you this, that the reason why we're teaching you this is because it's a biblical method of correcting our children and disciplining them. Okay? Um... no matter what clinical psychologists would say, and they would, you know, later on we're going to look at the different extremes of discipline, they may say just 
let them be because they, they have an identity that they're actually discovering. The, the, the reality is we still need to come in as parents and, and uh, be the one that will direct their steps. And the best method for us to correct our children is really the rod. Later on, I'm going to explain to you what the rod is. Okay? And um, the rod is an expression of love, not an expression of hate or anger towards our children. It can be an instrument of correction, but at the same time, it has to be done completely and thoroughly. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Whatever you've taught them when they're young, they will bring it up until they're adults. Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 22 verse 15 says, Folly or foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Okay? It says, Folly is bound up. This is the sample of a rod. Folly is bound up, up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. How many of you have seen a rod before? Okay. How many of you use a rod? Okay. How many of you don't know what I'm talking about right now? Okay. Later, we're going to do an actual demonstration of how this is used. I'm going to ask Pastor King later as a volunteer to know exactly how this is ministered. Proverbs 23, verse 13 to 14 says, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from death. Okay? Second reason why do we need to discipline our children is because parents, especially dads, are ultimately responsible for how we train our children. Parents are the ones responsible for training our children. It's not the aya. It's not the teachers. It's not the Sunday school teachers. It's not your youth pastor. It's not the pastor. It's not Barney the dinosaur. Parents are the ones ultimately responsible for training the children. Number three, why do we need to discipline our children? It's because children are sinners. Children are not a blank slate when they were born. They inherited the original sin, the human, the, the, you know, the sinful nature of Adam is inside of them. You don't have to teach a child how to lie or how to be selfish. How many of you know that, that is going to be natural for them? They will be selfish. Observe two children in the playground. They will fight for one toy. And that's the, the expression of that is really, it's, it's sin coming out from them. And the reason why we have to come in as parents is because children are not coming from a blank slate. No matter how cute your baby is, that baby is wicked. <laughs> inside you might be offended with your pastor but that's the reality Romans chapter 3 says no one is good not even one all of us are sinners the moment we were born and children are the same way Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says the heart is deceitful above all else 
and beyond cure. You know, we use the rod not just to change their behavior, but we use the rod to shepherd the hearts of our children. There's a proper way to use the rod. There's also a wrong way to use the rod. That's why it can lead to abuse. But what we're going to teach you today is how to properly minister rod in a loving way with our children. There are two extreme uh, ways to discipline. Number one is extreme, oh, sorry, the goal of parenting. The goal of discipline in child training is instant, unquestionable obedience with a respectful attitude. At this stage, that is what you want to achieve. You want to see your zero to six-year-old obey you. How many of you dream about that? When you say no, they say, yes, daddy. It's no. When you say you can't do that, they will obey. You know, how many of you know many times your children is so smart and they will test you? You tell them, don't put your hand on the socket. What will they do? <laughs> they will try you. Uh, like this? Uh, like this? Like this? But what we want to establish at this stage is instant, unquestionable obedience without challenge, without question, without delay. That is the obedience that we want to have at this particular stage. There are two extremes of discipline. Number one, extreme disciplinarian. Okay, this is called child abuse. We don't want to be this kind of parents. Okay? We're not teaching you the rod. We're not equipping you with the rod so that you can actually beat your children. No, we're not doing that. On the other hand, there's another extreme, which is liberalism. The opposite of uh, being an extreme disciplinary is being liberal with your children. No rules. Just relationship. No rules. And, you know, this is often expressed as, you know, pop, according to popular psychology, as express yourself. Don't discipline your children. Don't, don't give them the rod. Don't correct them. Just let them express themselves. When you see a little child in the playground beating another child, no, don't correct that child. He is expressing himself. <laughs> you know, he's beating this child. Don't, don't correct that child. He's expressing himself. But if your child gets a match from your kitchen and tries to light your curtain, don't stop him. He's expressing himself. You know, that popular uh, psychology is not really, you know, biblical because I believe we need to be there to direct our children in the ways of God. Okay? That's why we need to come in. As parents, we are to be disciplined, but at the same time, not to abuse the area of discipline. There are two biblical methods for child training. Number one is communication. Second is the rod. Okay, so this go hand in hand. We talked about... Uh, you know, expressing our love language is the area of communication. Connecting is important. Before you're able to administer the rod with your children, make sure that his love tank is full. Make sure that you communicate with him regularly. Make sure that relationships have been built. These methods have been woven together in practice. You cannot go, uh, you know, uh, be independent from each other. They have to be used side by side. Okay? Communication makes clear the standards that you have and also paves the way for you to know your children one by one. Many times our communication is limited to these three things. You set the rules. If they break the rules, you correct them and then you discipline them. But there are really a lot more ways to communicate with our children. And the other types of communication are very quickly. Number one is encouragement. I think it's in your blank. 
Letter A, other types of communication is encouragement. It is to inspire and fill with hope and courage. Second is correction. Everybody say correction. Children need to conform with standards. C is uh, rebuke. It censures behavior. Sometimes a child must experience your sense of alarm or shock. If they did something wrong, maybe say a bad word or cuss word, you rebuke them. Okay, That's another way to communicate with them. Entreaty is another way to communicate. Letter D is communication that is earnest and intense. Letter E is instruction. We talked about this earlier. Instruct is the process of providing a lesson. Letter F is warning. So there's a lot of ways to communicate to our children. Not just one. Okay? Warning puts us on guard regarding a probable danger. Letter G is teaching. Teaching is imparting knowledge. It is to cause someone to know something. Have a lot of teaching moments with your children. And letter H is prayer. as another way to communicate. That you pray for your children. You model before them that you are talking to the most important person in the universe, and that is God Himself. And guess what? When this child sees the two most important person in his life, God and his parent, it speaks a lot of confidence and security in that particular child. Okay? So let's move on. What is the rod? Okay, let's move to the correction phase. And then we're going to have question and answers after. What is the rod? A rod is a lightweight stick that is not designed to harm, but only designed to sting. Okay? So this is an example of the rod. Okay? It's a lightweight stick. You don't use a pipe. You don't use a two-by-two, two, dos for dos, you know, for initiation of a fraternity. It's a lightweight stick. Not meant to harm, but meant to just sting. Want to try it? Okay. Just so that you can get their attention when they're younger, but secondly, also to make sure that they know the reason why you have rules is because you're expecting them to obey. This is a way of correcting them. Okay. So I have several rods here, several samples, depending on the age of your children. I have the smallest rod here. This can be used when they're like younger, like one year old. Okay, one to two. You have a little bit yeah, bigger. It says here, spare the rod, spoil a child. Okay, and it uh, in in the back there's uh, some instructions there. Okay, how to spank. We also have this kind of rod. Okay, <laughs> this is actually a rice spoon. You can be creative. You can buy this from any kitchen shop. Okay, or this one, the big one, because now they're now bigger. They're, uh, you know, they're much older, so they're age seven and nine, and they have bigger bottoms. And so this is the rod for them. Look at the, it's damaged already, okay? Over the years. All right. We have a lot of them, by the way. You know, we have some rods in the, in, in the, you know, in the room, in the kitchen, in the car, in Shirley's bag. You know, we're ready. We're ready anytime. Okay. So, but we need to understand the purpose of the rod. Okay, we need to establish why do we need to give the rod? I don't want to hurt my child. You're not hurting your child. Because the rod has a specific purpose. Proverbs 29 verse 15 says, Okay, the rod of correction imparts wisdom. But a child left to himself disgraces his mother. There's a lot of scriptures in the Bible talking about the rod. Proverbs 22 verse 15 
Earlier we said this, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Hebrews 12:11. It says, "No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but what? Painful. Later, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it." So this is the way we use the rod. Of course, the premise of this is you have a relationship with your child. Their love tanks are full. And whenever you give the rod, it's not in the context of anger. It's in the context of you having the right spirit. Okay? So this is the acronym of the rod. First, oh, sorry, the correction. Number, uh, letter C is clarity. Clarity. Rules must be pre-established and set in order for everybody to know what's expected. You know, me and my wife uh, earlier established the rules in, in our home. Every time you disobey, the, you know, the consequences, you get the rod. Okay? Uh, if you lie, you get the rod. If you hurt another person, physically, you get the rod. Okay, now, do you give the rod if your child maybe breaks a glass or spills the milk or... You know, spills the plate on the, on the table. No, you don't give the rod in, that, in those cases because that's childishness. Sometimes they can be clumsy. It's not about them doing that intentionally. Now, if they did it out of rebellion, then you can correct them. If they say, ah, I don't get the rod for this, mm, you know, then that's different because they're expressing rebellion. If they disobey, you get the rod. Okay, they get the rod. So, these this rules are known not only by me and Shirley, but by everybody. The grandparents uh, know this. The yayas know this. Who are authorized to give the rod? Only the parents are authorized to give the rod. I remember when I was a, uh, a student, first time I attended a child training seminar was back in the church in Makati. And Pastor C was the one uh, teaching us. And my youngest sibling was, I think, two years old. And I realized that my dad... Uh, didn't really discipline her as much as he disciplined his two boys. Because the first children were two boys. Me and my brother Bernard. But after 14 years, God blessed him with a girl. So, um, you know, when my, my dad and my mom uh, had my, my sister Christine, they didn't really discipline her as much as he disciplined us. But the, by the way, my dad used belt for us. There. That's not... You don't use that uh, method as well, okay? You only use a, uh, a rod. And then I asked Pastor Steve, uh, do I, can I give the rod to my sibling? Because my, if my dad doesn't want to give the rod, I'll give the rod to her. No, I'm not authorized to give the rod because I am not the parent. Only parents are authorized to give the rod, okay? So I want to make that clear. So clarity rules must be established. Um, letter O is obedience. This is the whole point why we're uh, applying the rod of correction or discipline. It's because we want instant, unquestionable obedience. Letter R is right attitude. Okay? First R is right attitude. Don't discipline out of anger. Never do that. If you're angry... And you need to discipline, maybe ask the other spouse, maybe ask your wife, can you be the one to discipline her or him? 
because I might hurt him right now. Or wait a bit until you're cooled down before you give the rod. Because chances are, if you're angry, you might definitely hurt your child because of so much emotion. And you can't do that. Okay, right attitude. Don't call him names while giving the rod. Don't lash out on him. Don't, you know, don't discipline out of anger. Avoid general terms of, as, I've had it with you. You know, you're the worst child or you're, you're, you know, don't, you know, there's a right way to, to, to correct our children. And I'm gonna demonstrate it later on. Letter R is, another R is restoration. Restoration. In restoring, we tell them that we love them. Okay? Uh, that you have forgiven them if they would admit guilt. Restoring is telling them that you are not mad at them. You check your spirit. Okay, we restore. You know, for example, I, you know, one time I, uh, every time I would give the rod, I make sure that I take the time. That's why it, it, it's, uh, you know, the, the normal time involved in, in ministering the rod, it can take about maybe 15 minutes. Or sometimes 30 minutes, depending on the situation. Okay? But the thing is, after giving the rod, you know, what I do is, I, when, when we're giving the rod in the, for example, in the bathroom, I would make sure that I wash her face. Uh, I would make sure that I would actually clean her up in order for her to go out there as, you know, as, you know, as fresh as possible so that the other siblings will not say, ah, pinalo ka ni daddy. You know? You know, it's, it's, it's restoring. It's praying for them. And I'm going to demonstrate that in a while, okay? Letter E is explanation. You have to explain why you're doing or why you're giving the rod. Okay? What happened? C is consistency. Rules must be same each day. And, you know, if they break the rules, you need to give the rod. You don't just give the rod if you feel like giving the rod. Even if it's inconvenient, even if you're busy, you have to give the rod. Sometimes you can be late for an appointment but you have to give up because you have to be consistent with your children. T is for thoroughness. You have to do it from beginning to end and you cannot have shortcuts. Now let me demonstrate it to you. Okay? Um, of course, Bea no longer gets the rod. She's 22 years old. Okay? But I still give the rod to my two young girls. Now seldom than before. Okay? Uh, but the time is uh, every time for example one time uh, Andrea uh, disobeyed and I had to give her the rod okay and it's already they, they know exactly the, the the rules if I disobey I get the rod and so I will remind them okay what will happen now since you disobey what will happen I get the rod and they start negotiating daddy not hard <laughs> And the first thing they ask also is, Daddy, how many? So I'd say, I'll give you five. No, not five. Three only, three only. So, negotiate, but you know, when you give the rod, no, you do not negotiate with terrorists, right? Anyway, so, I would say, no, you, you need five. Okay, Daddy, but can you do it slowly? You know, for Anna, she wants to do it fast. Iba lang style. For Andrea, she wants it super slow. Pa! Oh! Wait long, wait long! So I'd wait. Oh! 
But for Anna, it's different. Daddy, give it to me fast. Pa, 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 pa. Five. That's it. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> different styles. But first, I establish the guilt. The reason why Daddy is giving you the rod right now is because you disobeyed. And so they know that. It's an established rule. And so I will tell them, I want you to take down your pants right now so that Daddy can give you the rod. I want you to lie down flat on the bed. There's no more struggle because they know it's an established rule. I don't try to catch you. Know, they don't run from me. Ah, Daddy, what did I? I don't go. They don't run from the, you know, from the second floor to the, to the ground floor and I try to you know, catch them. You know, it's, it's automatic. We'll stay in a room and uh, they'll pull down their pants and you know, the only thing that they'll do is they'll negotiate. Okay? How many? Not hard. Now, in terms of intensity, there, of course, there's different intensity. Now, I used to be a tennis player and a badminton player. So my rod is a bit harder than the way Shirley gives the rod. Okay? So for me, I remind myself, I cannot do a full swing. <laughs> there's a full swing, there's a half swing, there's a quarter swing. So I only do quarter swing. So that, you know, it's, it just stings. Parang but there's a place where you give the rod. You don't give the rod on the head, on the hand, in the body, only here at the bottom. Okay? That is the only designated area for giving the rod. That is the only part of our body where there's no bones. And it's thick. It's well padded. God designed it that way. For the rod. So... I would now tell Andrea, Andrea, I want you to put on your pants. And, you know, the, Andrea's different. She would cry before I give the rod. For Anna, she would stay and stare at me and then cry after the rod. So it's different, okay? So for Andrea, mas madrama si Andrea. So, so, uh, so I'll, I'll now give the rod. I say five. You know, one time I said five and I gave six. I miscounted. You said five only, you gave me six. So I had to say sorry because that's why you've got to be consistent in giving the and, you know in, when I'm giving the I'm not angry I make sure I'm not angry I'm cool it's, that's why you've got to give the rod immediately okay that's the next I it's, it's uh, immediate the, giving the rod has to be immediate because you don't test your patience you don't count that's one I told you, don't disobey. That's two. You know, what you're teaching your children is not obedience. You're teaching them how to count. They learn that from school, okay? But you teach them instant, unquestionable obedience. And so, after giving the rod, okay, one, two, three, four, five, okay? Now, Andrea automatically would just jump into me and hug me. That's automatic. She will not hate me. She will not, you know, uh, express anger. But she'll basically, I'll, I'll definitely feel <sighs> repentance. You know, so now what I'll do is, I'll ask her, why did daddy give you the rod? I'm establishing this, guilt. Okay? And then she will respond by saying, because I disobeyed. Yes, that's right. Because you disobeyed. And guess what? What's another reason why daddy gave you the rod? Because you love me. They know already. The reason why daddy gives you the rod is because daddy 
loves you. And we're obeying God because God told us to carefully discipline our children. And so after that, after establishing that, so I want you to pray right now and ask for forgiveness from God. Because what you did was wrong. You disobeyed daddy, ultimately you disobeyed God. So they'll pray. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for disobeying daddy and mommy. Please forgive me. And then they'll pray, please change my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. So, anyway, so that's, that's a typical prayer of the two. And after that, I'm going to pray for them. Lord, I thank you for this child. He's a special child. A child I deeply love. And I'm careful to discipline this child. Thank you for the opportunity to be a godly parent for her. And I'm careful to discipline her. Thank you, Lord God, that you love her. She's not a bad child. She made a mistake. But I thank you that you have forgiven her right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And what you're doing is, you're teaching her the essence of grace in her life. She makes a mistake, she committed a sin, at the same time you've introduced to her the concept of God forgives, God's a good father, and God is also a, way, a, God, a God who restores. So after that, I'll say, pull up your pants. Okay, and then if I'm in the bathroom, I'm going to wash her face, make her super fresh. Okay, sometimes I would comb her hair, and when she would go, I'll make sure that she's no longer crying, so that Anna will not know that I've even given the run. Okay, so that's more or less the, of course, it varies in time. Sometimes this whole thing I demonstrated can take about 30 minutes. Okay, depending on the struggle of, of, uh, of your child, okay? Uh, immediately, okay, is uh, the next word. Now, there was a time when we experienced, uh, or the need for to correct it in the mall. One time we were in Mega Mall. And I'm not really sure what uh, Jerome did when they were younger, but he had to get the rod. And I remember it has to be immediate. I cannot wait till we get home. I cannot tell him, uh, you know, wait till I get home. I'm going to give you the rod. <laughs> you know, that child will be in fear riding the car. And what happens is sometimes they will pretend to sleep. <laughs> Until they get home, they're still sleeping, okay, so that you don't get given the rod. But... You know, what I did then was I found a way, I, I tried to find a place where I can give them the rod. Sometimes in the bathroom, if there's, if there's no uh, people there. But, you know, in the mall, there's a lot of people everywhere. So there was a time wherein we had to go back to the car. And I had to measure the rod in the car. So that was just one time. Okay, so, it, but it speaks about the immediacy, the, you know, the importance of being, you know, immediate when you do it. Letter O is out of sight. Don't do it in front of people. It's a private moment with you and your child. Don't do it in front of the other parents, by the way. It cannot be two parents giving the rod. The other one is ministering the rod. The other one is cheering. Sige pa! Lakasan mo pa! Tagtagal mo pa! Disobedient yan, you know. You don't have to be there. The other parent doesn't have to be there. Only one parent can minister the rod, okay? Take your child to a private place because discipline must not rob the child of dignity. Kailangan hindi, kailangan mayroon pa rin siyang dignity paglabas niya. And letter N, the last one is neutral object. When you correct, you don't use your hand to correct. You don't slap your child. You don't pinch your child. You don't twist the ears of your child. You use the rod. 
This rod is a neutral object. This speaks of discipline. The hand is for love, for affection, for hugs. Okay? So use your hands as a way of uh, expressing love and use the rod as a way of ministering discipline. Okay? Let's, I think we're about to end. Okay? Just very quickly, this is to summarize. The stages of a child, number one is infancy to childhood, zero to five. You can read the scripture, Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 3. The training goals in this stage are, I said earlier, um, obedience and honoring of parents. Okay, obedience and the honoring of parents. These are the training goals for, for those of you who are here. Of course, you move on to the second uh, stage, which is childhood, 5 to 12, Proverbs 11, 3. The emphasis is the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful is destroyed by their duplicity. This is actually marked by character development, as I said in the earlier uh, session. And the last is teenagers and onwards, uh, 13 to independent. The goal in this stage is really putting a personal faith in God and teaching them the fear of the Lord. Okay, so I want to I wanna end here because uh, there's definitely more I can talk about, but I want to just pray for you right now. Can we just bow our heads? I want to just ask the Lord for wisdom and for grace as we uh, discipline our children. Father, we thank you so much for the tremendous opportunity uh, for us to be parents of our children. Though it is definitely a gift more than a responsibility. Father, I pray for every parent here that as they discipline, set rules, communicate, connect to their children, I thank you for your grace in every home. Father, God, we speak to every child here, Lord God. We thank you that every child, uh, for every family represented, Lord God, that may your calling and may your grace be upon every child. Each child is unique. Each child is gifted differently. But I thank you, Lord God, that they are, we are all sinners. They're all sinners and we're all fallen creatures uh, depending on the grace of God. And so even right now, we pray for the grace of God to be upon every home. We thank you for your wisdom upon every parent, mom, dad, even solo parents, Lord God. We thank you even for your abundant patience and, and provision, Lord God, uh, for each home. We thank you, Lord God, for a breakthrough even in, uh, in our children, Lord God. Lord, we are investing something that will bring them, Lord God, into uh, adulthood, Lord God. You said in your word to train up a child in the way he should go so that when he is old, he will not depart from it. We claim this scripture and we claim this promise, Lord God, as we start directing them, uh, keeping the way of the Lord and doing what is right and just. Lord God, I thank you that our children would be raised up as godly children, Lord God, in the ways of God. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Let us know your views and feedback on this podcast through our website at www.victoryalabang.org. For more events and updates, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also download the Victory Alabang mobile app for Apple or Android devices. Stay connected.